Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Story Not Forgotten podcast. We are brought to you by Capturing Legacies, because everyone has a story to tell and it's time to tell yours. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to get started. My name is Liam Rathgaber, partner and anthologist with Capturing Legacies, as well as your host. And joining me today is a Calgarian born and bred business person, a serial entrepreneur, and the Canadian master distributor for iGalen, is Rena Chong. Rena, thanks for joining us. Hi, Liam. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be able to share my story with you. And I think you guys are doing an amazing job. Well, thank you. Capturing people's legacy. And uh, it's great for people to be heard. Well, and we've we've learned that absolutely everybody is fascinating when you take the time to listen to them. Everybody sure has a story, and in my business, that's what we find as well. Well, because we do what we do without any do, why don't you tell us your story? Okay, uh, well, today I wanted to share my story because I have so many different um, aspects of it, and I could talk forever. Um, so today I want to talk about um, the industrial age coming to an end. And uh, basically, I want to start from when I was a child. I remember growing up in poverty. Uh, My mother was a single mom, and I was an only child. And I remember watching my mom work really, really hard. I was probably the first one in daycare and the last one to leave daycare. And uh, my mom was an Asian woman. Uh, I was born in the mid-70s, and basically, she was brought over by my dad. Uh, from Singapore to to visit uh, his sister, and this is just a story. So uh, this this story has changed. Uh, this is was my one sided story, but my mom, my dad actually left my mom in Canada. So I was born, and uh, you know I grew up thinking uh, I was born as a little girl, and that's why my dad left. So uh, I carried that with me for quite some time. So my mom ended up staying in Calgary and uh, working really, really hard. And uh, she worked on an assembly line. She didn't have any English. She didn't have any family. She didn't have any education. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she did what she had to do. And uh, we grew up in poverty. And uh, she was very um, abusive to me. I mean, she she was hurt. You know, I, I look back on that now and it's, you know, I, I couldn't even imagine what she was going through in the mid-70s as an Oriental mm-hmm. female, right? So um, I watched her work really hard. And so I remember as a young girl, uh, my little girlfriends would be playing with dolls and uh, pretend tea sets. And uh, I was playing with a briefcase and I would pop out (laughs) sunglasses and wear them as um, glasses because I wanted to look, you know, more sophisticated for my pretend meetings. So that's what I did. And um, I just for me, I was really focused on work because that's what I saw my mom do. Unfortunately, but fortunately, uh, back in the day, um, her telecom company shut their doors on her. So I experienced um, really early on knowing that there was no job security mm-hmm. because about, you know, 15 or 17 years of her service to that company, they just shut their doors down and that was it. And so my mom had to find herself with that job. She didn't, she wasn't skilled at anything else. So people always think, okay, you know, how did you get so ambitious and motivated? And it's because I, I just didn't want to end up like my mom. 
which I'm sure a lot of Calgarians can relate to in the current climate. Yeah, and and but the thing is too is that because of that <laughs> and because of my upbringing, I um I bought into the system because I was always kind of the um you know the person that didn't really fit in because we grew up really poor and all my friends were wealthy and you know they had um, regular family lives and you know and here I was you know living in poverty being abused and you know my mom was signing these yellow sheets of paper saying that I couldn't go on you know any trips because we couldn't afford it mm-hmm. so that was my life so luckily I was you know nice enough and I loved everybody um, because I think the lack of the uh, lack of love that I didn't have at home so that made me go on to being nice to everybody and just felt like I really wanted to help everybody out like I just I knew that you know at about five or six I was meant for something greater I didn't know what it was but because I grew up so differently than my friends I bought into the system of go to school get a good job buy a house, start a family, um, and basically pay off debt for the rest of your life. So I got into um, oil and gas and I had, uh, you know, some cushy jobs. And uh, But without fail, every time my three-month probation was up, I'd be at the water cooler and people would come up and be like, what are you doing here? You know, and I'm like, what do you mean <laughs> what am I doing here? I'm here getting a two-week paycheck, just like you. Well, but you don't seem like you fit in here. Like I was... You know, I was always dressed for success because now I'm like actual adult, real life corporate, Mm -hmm. you know, with real glasses (laughs) and high heels and like a real briefcase. And uh, I still didn't fit in. (laughs) So, so probably at around age 19, I was introduced to my very first direct kind of network marketing um, sales um, opportunity. And uh, I loved it. You know, I was like, wow, I get to work my own hours, work in the evening, work with whom I want. And uh, I really liked personal development through that because I found that when I was in corporate, there was no personal development. They um, will train you basically to keep you confined to their corporate walls just enough so you don't know enough to leave. Mm And uh, pay you just enough that you come back every uh, every day and then give you vacation and, um, you know, benefits and things like that. But I think at the point, um, I just didn't see people, I don't know, I just saw it as a graveyard. I saw corporate as a graveyard for many people's dreams. Um, and I had big visions and I would share that with my colleagues and they're like yeah you don't belong here <laughs> so I started researching and and I do remember um you know when I first started that one uh network marketing company um I just I didn't really like product piling in my basement you know I had a ton of uh detergent and toothpaste and so <laughs> that I wasn't using so I'm not going to name company names but uh you know I just felt that that wasn't for me either and and it's really all about timing because I mean you know looking back now 20 years later it came back full circle so um I really liked you know building people up so I actually went on to try to find that network marketing company that had everything I was looking for because I knew that that was going to be the vehicle for my dreams Mm -hmm. and uh, being laid off myself 
uh, putting in, you know, um, five years in a company, seeing people get rewarded after 10 years with a flag or a little pin. Um, I just knew that that wasn't for me, you know, even getting rewarded with the citizen's watch that I could go by myself, you know, so, and then also going through, you know, your yearly reviews, your quarterly reviews, I really felt like a number with, mm -hmm. with, you know, within the company, like they didn't, just, they didn't care about what my goals were. It was always what my goals were for the company, you know, and uh, they never asked me, any, you know, what my personal goals were and how they could help me. And so I think I developed, um, you know, um, a huge love for personal development and uh, network marketing because people were truly care like they truly cared about you, you know, they it's and it's different because in corporate it's like, hey, you know, and I've been there, your numbers aren't good. What's going on? You know, if this keeps up, you're out. Yep. Whereas when, you know, um, you know, I, I was still very new to network marketing. But if I wasn't performing, my sponsor or my upline would call me and say, hey, what's going on? How can I help you? How can I equip you with more tools? What do you need from us? Because what I soon found out was that, you know, basically corporate, you're climbing up this ladder while people are trying to kick you down. And I've actually quit companies because of all the drama mm -hmm. and, and everything in there. And, uh, and then not to mention seeing some people's positions becoming, you know, replaced by people in different countries or by a machine or something like that. So, and then I found with network marketing, it was just, you know, if I'm not successful, um, it's because you're not successful. So how do I become successful is by helping you. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best part, what I loved about network marketing that I was really uh, going after was the residual income because it made sense. You know, Warren Buffett says, if you're not making money while you're sleeping, you're going to work until you die. So that really hit home for me because I saw my mom struggle. I saw my mom, um, you know, she didn't have a network of people that could support her. And she was hurt by, you know, my father leaving. And, um, you know, I just, I saw my mom design her life and I didn't want to go down that route. And then she had the health component as well, where, you know, when I say she designed her life, the worry, the stress, the negativity, her self-worth because, you know, my, my father took off mm -hmm. and she's left in <laughs> Canada, no English, no money, no education. And, uh, you know, basically I had to raise myself. So uh, when I think about the new economy, you know, I think right now people are, you know, really feeling it and many are surprised by it, which, you know, people from 2008 are still, some of them still haven't even recovered from that. And uh, you're seeing another wave of this and, you know, now it's affected the entire nation. And, you know, I'd like to say it's getting better, but it's not. I've seen way more layoffs still coming and happening mm -hmm. and uh, people moving away. And uh, I just, I don't want to be in that situation. And, you know, even from back then, I just knew seeing my mom. And I was like, I don't want to be left in this situation. So, you know, trying to find a really good networking, network marketing company was tough. But I still, you know, went into other companies, um, had some success, had many failures, which I'm so grateful for, obviously, because you learn from them, right? They fortify you. Um, and, and they make you see things that, uh, you don't want. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So yeah, the the going away from the industrial age, uh, right now the new economy isn't so new. It's been around since the 90s, but people that didn't innovate or didn't really think about it or look into the future and prepare are suffering right now. Um, but to me, when something like this happens, I think there's a ton of opportunity, you know. Um, even when I was younger and I got laid off, that was probably the first time I actually started on my journey of becoming an entrepreneur. But the thing is, is that when I went on my own, um, not with a network marketing company, just because I felt like maybe it wasn't for me, you know, I was one of those people, the same thing, oh, I tried, it didn't work, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you can't just really try at network marketing because it's it, it doesn't work that way. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. So um, I went on my own and I became a personal shopper. Um, and this was in... Oh my gosh, like 2007 or so. I don't know. I don't even remember. But I became a slave to my clients. And I was constantly looking for new business. And that was not giving me the residual income. So um, I went back into network marketing and uh, just tried my go at it again. And what I love about that is that, you know, you're learning. Um, you're constantly learning. You're constantly developing new skills, and you're learning from people that have done it, right? Mm -hmm. So, I felt being on my own. Um, you know, even starting a coaching company that was tough because I had no system. I was by myself. There was no support. You know, and uh, I was very competitive. So basically, you know, when I started researching the new economy. It is really about biotech. It's really about collaboration, community, um, and pretty much getting out of the system, which I knew I had to do because, you know, it doesn't matter if you're ahead of the rat race. You're still a rat. <laughs> you know, so and, and I just didn't want to be in that pack anymore, right? So, um, and basically doing something like this, you're, you're swimming upstream, you're swimming... Uh, you know, in waters that you've never gone in before, right? And then you've got a set of people that are like, oh, you can't do it, or mm -hmm. it's not going to work, and all these things. It's it's not easy, but it is easy. But what I want to do is leave something big, and I know that if I went back to corporate, I can't leave a legacy for my, my son or my family, you know? And uh, basically, I would always be at the mercy of somebody else. I'd be always under somebody else's thumb. And for me, because I'm such a visionary, it was really tough to be in corporate because I saw so much more for the company. But who am I to say how to run your company, mm -hmm. right? So, and uh, yeah, but basically I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> who does, right? That's that's a pretty strong sentiment amongst entrepreneurs too. Fine, fine. If you're going to be like that, then I'll be the boss. And then I can be as nice as I want to myself. Right. And But you know what? Then you learn the hard way too because, <clears throat> you know, in this type of profession in network marketing, I mean, it really is a serious profession. Mm -hmm. Like if you – but, you know, some people have been tainted from it because there have been people that have been trained – you know, from the top down and people view it as, what is this, a joke, right? Well, and it's been kind of co-opted. Like the, the, the terminology has been very much co-opted by pyramid schemes and yeah. things like that where it's it's snake oil salesmen and it's uh, and it's scams. Yeah. So yeah. they had to start somewhere to build that scam on it. And now the honest profession behind it is fighting against that, uh, that perception. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too, is that, you know, in this type of profession and, and why I'm, you know, still 
at it. Well, I'm in it 100% now, you know, and I'll get to that in a second. But it's because, you know, I see the value in leverage and you can't get that anywhere else. Like, yeah, you could, you know, get into a sales team um, in corporate, but at the end of the day, you don't own the company, you Mm -hmm. know, you don't have the same write-offs. And so for me, um, you know, earning extra cash on the side with a network marketing job when I had a job job I always did that because I always you know I I'm prepared you have to have a plan b but then what happened was I started getting my hands into too many things and that's an issue as well so when I talk about having multiple streams of income I don't mean you know doing nine things at once or ten things at once and really getting only 10 percent success in each of them right but it's having another stream of income and then having multiple streams of investments. So that makes more sense because I think people get really, um, they can be into too many things. You're not focused and then you say it's not working, but how, how can something work if you don't put in a hundred percent, right? And then you have the people that are, you know, the quick leapers, um, you know, they, they're always, um, you know, they see something bright and shiny and they think it's the next best thing. And I was like that as well, you know. That's another hallmark of entrepreneurs. Yes, yes. So I... Like entrepreneurs like to start things, not necessarily do things. Well, and that's the thing, you know, I think when the going get, gets tough, you know, there's that point where you come to the edge of anything and it's like, oh, the, there's that fear. <clears throat> so what do most people do? Like what you just said, they just they turn around but it's that point where you need to jump off that cliff and just uh pray no (laughs) trust (laughs) that you can fly and just do it but you've got you know so much white noise around of people and family and and people that haven't even they're not even they don't even want to do what you want to do and they're telling you that you can't Mm -hmm. you know so um as I digress, I'll, I'll be going uh, on a tangent, so keep me focused. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, what happened was I, I, I got out of corporate um, for about 10 years now. And uh, it hasn't been easy. It's been, you know, like people think, oh, it's so great. You get to work on your own. I'm like, you know what? The hustle is 24-7, but it's for myself. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I know that you know, it's on my terms, and, I, and when you love what you do, E24-7 is all play, really. It took about 2016. My mom got very ill. This was actually when I became into insurance and investments because my mom never got insurance, and she never got critical illness. And how I got into that was because quite a, quite a while ago, my friend came by, and he asked... Uh, if he could do a presentation on insurance. And my mom uh, didn't want in at all. She was like, no, I don't need insurance. I'm never going to get sick. You know, I'm going to decline critical illness, all these things. And I said, mom, you know what? I'll pay for your premiums. No, I don't want to do the health exam. Boom, two years later, she gets diagnosed with cancer, mesopharyngeal cancer. And, uh, you know, basically my mom had worked so hard uh, that, really the only joy she had was food so she always she was always petite but she had chubby cheeks and like mm-hmm. a belly and she could out eat anybody and that's where i got my appetite from too <laughs> but she had always had high cholesterol she was always at the doctor she was always in the hospitals like i was in foster care in and out of foster care when i was f- uh, about five years old and seven 
So even back then, I was like, what's going on? So back then, I didn't even want my mom's health, right? So then as she got older, and then she had no savings. She didn't, she didn't have any debt, thank goodness. But still, where did she get her savings and education from? Banks. Where did she get her health and diet from? The Canadian Health Food Guide. <laughs> you know, so. And, uh, you know, we've just been misinformed. Lots of misinformation. You know, we're consumers out there, right? So... Thank goodness for the internet, you know, the new economy now where we can actually go and do our own research and, uh, you know, not watch CNN and think, oh my gosh, this is it, this is the end of the world, right? So when I talk about the new economy, I, I really feel like the new you economy, you know, where you take full control. So basically, I mean, at one point with my business, I was waiting for Bill Morneau to decide what he was going to do with the small business taxes. And I was waiting and waiting, and I thought, yeah, October 2nd, you know, I'm either going to leave or I'm going to stay. So I was waiting. Good thing that didn't pass. But um, so my mom didn't get insurance. And uh, yeah, I wanted to teach people about the importance of that because we all think it can't happen to us. Mm-hmm. And oh, trust me, when I went on to do that, I had friends that were like, oh, I don't need um, any of that insurance. I don't, you know, and then car accidents. We almost died all these things and it's like how i just don't get it i don't get how people don't plan ahead well because dying is something that happens to other people yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so does cancer yeah. does that's not going to affect me so i went on to doing that and it was going really well uh i worked for a company where you know i could work from home um you know my clients were my clients so i was really enjoying it and then uh, basically, um, my mom fell ill, so she beat her cancer, thank goodness, but she couldn't taste anything because radiation was right in her face because mm-hmm. her cancer was right in her nose, so it killed off all of her taste buds, and she ended up becoming this like really thin, frail, like, you know, someone going in their 90s kind of thing, right? So it was really sad. So what happens to people when you can't taste anything? Or when you're sick and you can't taste anything, you're hungry. Mm-hmm. Or you live in poverty. We start eating filler foods such as, you know, you go to the food bank and what's in there? We think we're helping them out, but it's pasta, rice, noodles, boxed mashed potatoes, all these things, right? Just to feel full. Ugh, I'm Asian. I love rice and noodles. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. But then, so what happened um, later on when I, when I learned from um, uh, the doctor and CEO of the company I'm with now Okay, let me back up. So my mom beat cancer, and then she ended up going to hospital uh, because she had pre- she was pre-diabetic and she had pneumonia. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, I was planning her funeral. So I was asking for prayers. I put on social media. I had one of my best friends call me from San Diego and say, what is going on? So I told him, let me hook you up with uh, this doctor in Malaysia. He's a holistic doctor. I'm like, please, anything. So I get on this call with a doctor that has, we don't even know each other, we're strangers from Malaysia. And basically in that one hour, I learned so much, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, because I, at the time I was only 37, I was feeling lethargic. I had these muffin tops. My son's 22. I shouldn't be feeling or having these muffin tops still. And then, but many people are quick to just say, you know what, it's old age. You know, but I wasn't accepting it. Look at JLo. She's 50. Okay, granted, she's got, you know, the money and time. But you know what? She's at the best 
um, uh, health in her entire life. Mm-hmm. I mean, she looks she looks better than she did even when she first came out. So I wasn't I wasn't having it. But when you have a family member that goes into um, health issues like that, you want to start researching. So mm-hmm. my mom went through her whole getting laid off and then and then sick and not being able to work and I thought oh my gosh like how can what can you do to protect yourself there's only so many savings you can do because once you need to dip into those savings it's being depleted what where would you, where do you get them from right mm-hmm. and how do you make that up so basically um, long story short uh, the doctor sent me some of the products and I get my mom on it and she never takes anything she never listens to me <laughs> you know and it's funny because when we're young, we don't listen to our parents. And then as we get older and wiser and as things change, our parents don't listen to us. They're just set in their ways, right? But this time she did. And I'm huge into numbers and 1111 uh, is my number. But that day I went to go grocery shopping for her from the list of what the doctor had sent me. And she allowed me to go. So I went to the butchers to do a beef broth soup for her, beef bone soup. Mm-hmm. I pulled the, the little t- ticket number. And it was number 11. So basically from that day on, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is it. My mom was scared shitless. Like I I think that's why she let me go shopping and put her on these supplements. So I see her come back to health and she's like in the best mood ever. She's never been in a good mood. You would ask her, (laughs) how is, you know, how are you? And she'd be like, oh, it's always something, always something negative, right? So I'm like, what is this stuff? So I get on it and I told the doctor about what happened to me, um, you know, about, you know, my own health issues and just being tired, even though I'm known as the Energizer Bunny. All my friends are like, how do you do this? You're always, you know, on the go. Um, But what my friends didn't realize was that I was taking midday naps because I can anytime, anywhere, you know, even actually even when I worked corporate, I was I would close my door at about two o'clock and have a nap. (laughs) But what I realized was that we're all having, we're carb crashing because we're starting our mornings off with breakfast sandwiches, toast, um, uh, hash browns, all these things, bagels, and we're crashing. We're carb crashing. And And pretty much every standard breakfast food is pure carbs. Which now that I learned is sugar. Yeah. It just converts into sugar. So, um, So basically this doctor was focused on inflammation which I didn't even know what inflammation was. All I knew was that I had high cholesterol, which are band-aids, um, basically saying, hey, we're trying to help you because this is going into chronic inflammation. So um, long story short, uh, I had the opportunity to bring this nutraceutical company into Canada where no international company ever launches in Canada first. They're going to always look into the U.S. because it's got 10 times more building and distribution power. Well, that's where all the money is. Yeah, and that's where people... The hustle out there is very different, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I realized, you know, um, why people don't open up in Canada first. So, because we, because I said yes, and uh, we opened up Canada first, we had to get everything Health Canada approved. But another reason why I really wanted to open up Canada... I mean, this was a job bigger than... Little me, for sure. I mean, the honor to bring a biotech company into Canada. Um, I saw the the opportunity, not for me and not only for my mom, but for the rest of the Albertans. Like, we actually had got first dibs on this company because most 
you know, in this profession, you know, everyone wants to try to get in, get in ground floor. Mm-hmm. While the thing is, I didn't hear about it from somebody in Saskatchewan or someone in Utah. I literally brought it in and gave all my friends and family first dibs on coming into and getting a position in this company. And uh, because of the recession, my focus was on helping people you know, not not to become multimillionaires and sell them this crazy dream, which it, it is absolutely possible with these types of vehicles. But hey, you know, some people are basically five hundred dollars away from going bankrupt or losing their mortgage or car, any of these. So for me to be able to bring a ground floor opportunity with products that were backed by um, scientific studies, uh, backed by two Nobel Prize nominated scientists on our team. Um, uh, you know, not in any debt, all these things, all these ingredients that I was looking for in a uh, network marketing company, because like I said, you know, from the age of 19, I had been looking and searching and going in and out of different companies where, you know, some of them I didn't like their, I didn't like their vision where I was going. Mm-hmm. Many of them I did not like their products and the ingredients and the fillers and the sugar that they had in them. And just, you know, how many of them sell you on that dream. Not many people want to own a yacht, you know. I think some people's dreams are like, hey, you know, I just need a few hundred bucks more a month so I can keep up with my bills. Because as you know, Albertans, we kind of live beyond our means. And I I did that too, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So these people are having to sell their boats that are sitting on Ghost Lake. Yeah. They're having to sell their summer homes or cottages. And you know what we do? We live way beyond our means, you know. I am guilty of that. I know I don't know how many pairs of heels and purses I have. I get that. Um, I don't live that way anymore. I don't have that void of, I gotta gotta have that, you know, because, you know, if I have that, you know, it's going to define me, all these things, right? Like I've, I've hit rock bottom and I've had to build myself up and I look at it completely different. I think most people that that happens to, you know, we, we have a different, outlook on life and different appreciation and different intent of why we want to build an empire and leave a legacy. Yes, Mm -hmm. maybe when I was younger, you know, I want, it was like that because when we were doing the training and everything like that, or all the business opportunities, they flashed houses, like mansions and boats and all these things, you know, but really back in the day, uh, it's still, for me, it was like, I just want to help people. I want to build a community where you know, women are empowering each other and and helping each other, like especially housewives, to make your own money and have your own, you know, set aside for a rainy day. So, yes, I was super excited to open up uh, Canada and get everything Health Canada approved and basically go on teaching people, um, you know, what's your plan B? What do you have for tax savings? Like, did you know that having a home-based business Everything that you already do, dining out, traveling, buying office furniture for your home, uh, your gas, your car payments, mortgage, everything that you're doing right now can be a part of a business write-off if you have a home-based business. Mm -hmm. But people don't get that, right? So not only are you earning extra income by helping people through, and it could be any network marketing company. I mean, I'm biased, obviously. That mine's the best. (laughs) But, you know, to open people's eyes to that because they don't see it as that and they see it as money going out. But you know what? That That's gone. Like, look at all these big name stores and companies going bankrupt. 
Why? Because they didn't innovate. They didn't they didn't go with the flow of the new economy and that's all it is. So as our own new economy personally, we have to really, you know, we have to really think about our future because I don't think our kids are going to retire with pension plans. You know what I mean? Like those people that are working at co-op bagging groceries are not there because they're bored at home and they need to meet new people if you're retired (laughs) well standing eight hours a day and you're 70 something 60 something that's not retirement and and if you're really that bored i'd be meeting new people on a cruise or (laughs) on trips right so that's absolute bs when people say oh yeah they're just doing it to get out of the house it's you're doing it because first off um, you need the money. Yeah. You know, so basically teaching people about that and then also helping them see how they can use their income taxes as income because you can. I've got this free tax calculator that people can use, but it's it's amazing. So basically trying to, um, you know, help Alberta's economy. And it's still tough out there. People have moved away. There's been sort of a, a mass exodus in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Which have definitely made the numbers look better. Yeah. Like are, we, we don't have nearly as many people out of work because they've left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's it's sad though, right? Because I just, I, I thank myself, you know, for having that, just being open and coachable, you know, not thinking things are scams or someone's out for my money, you know what I mean? But being open and, and looking at things as, you know, opportunities and it's like what Anthony Robbins says, like, he's just like, don't wait until you should have, I should exercise more, I should really look for, you know, another um, side income, you know, I should really quit smoking, I should really quit drinking, um, until the doctor or your boss says, you know what, this is now a must, mm-hmm. that you must quit smoking because you've got tongue cancer, lung cancer, or now you must get another job because guess what? I'm laying you off today. You know, company shutting down. I, I don't know what else to do, right? So, you know, just really this this is a new economy. And, and what we do in business now in the new economy is uh, we sit across kitchen tables like this or we're doing, um, you know, Zoom conference calls at the airport waiting for flights. Um, we're meeting people in shopping uh, lineups. Uh, we're connecting people. Um, we're connecting with people over social media. That is business. That's a new economy. So you've got to have something online. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something definitely home based. You can write off furniture. Just get a really <laughs> good accountant. Um, you know, because I love to travel. I love to. You know, basically where you're operational is where you can go start your business. Like I could be. You know, leaving here and just going to Singapore and being like, hey, I'm going to set up shop here. But even if we weren't operational in um, uh, Europe, I could still fly there. And as long as I have my computer, Wi-Fi, uh, my charger and a Starbucks card, I'm good to go. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, I could never go back to corporate again ever. I went to go visit my girlfriend at her corporate job downtown Vancouver and I just walked into the office and I was like, oh, it's just, it was, <laughs> I could just smell it was just cold <laughs> and, and I, and I could feel rules, you know, and mm-hmm. I had to whisper and, you know, and I was just like, Oh, I'm so happy. I don't have to deal with traffic anymore. I can wake up and, you know, if it's a snow day, I, I, I can do all my meetings online. So it's been, it's been really rewarding, but I think 
most of all, my, my intent for the company was getting the product into everybody's homes because what I saw my mom go through. So it it's... It's rewarding on, on in all aspects, in, in every different pillar of someone's life as well, right? Where people will come in and maybe they don't have a good relationship with their spouse or they don't have enough support at work or they're not, um, you know, learning new skill sets. They can find everything with me, with this, with these types of companies. So it's just, I've been really lucky and fortunate. So yeah, we launched last year, January 30th. So tomorrow's going to be our one year and uh it's just been I'm I'm on this I'm doing this full time like that's it so it's getting there um I will be leaving this legacy for my son and for Mm -hmm. for everybody um but it's funny because you know people are like what is legacy what does legacy mean to you and I think I think I've been doing it ever since I was really young to me it's leaving a legacy would be you know, how did you leave that one person feeling when you left them? How, how, how did your presence create an impact in their lives? You know, how have they become better? And so um, I just want to do it on a global scale because I don't do anything half-assed. <laughs> so, you know, yes, one is nice. One person's nice. But I want to do, a mul- you know, multi-billions of people because we're dealing with um, you know, a card crisis out there. Mm-hmm. Um, our health is going down in a downward spiral, which I don't understand because we've got, you know, research, um, uh, you know, websites. And I just, you know, because we're living in a conven- convenient world of, you know, it's just go, go, go all the time. So I'm really hoping to alleviate people's financial issues, health issues, and relationship issues. And I'm just... <laughs> I could talk forever, so <laughs> do you have any questions for me? <laughs> well, you have been talking about uh, these products that you're bringing into Canada and having it or having it being approved by uh, Health Canada, by, by Health Canada yeah. having it backed by Nobel Prize nominees. Mm-hmm. It, it's giving it that credibility that it's it's not just snake oil. You're, you're bringing in some, some real things. So why don't we get some plugs in sure. and... Uh, why don't you tell everyone about what your uh, your products are and where they can find them? Okay, so quickly, basically what most people don't know is that, and my mom didn't even know, uh, you know, one bowl of cooked rice is equivalent to 10 teaspoons of sugar. So just like the bagel that you're eating, the cereal, the potatoes, the crispers, even though they're not chips, it still <laughs> all turns to sugar. So I just want people, um, you know, to take one thing and just... Think about your sugar intake. As adults, we're only supposed to have about six to seven teaspoons of sugar. We're getting too much. I checked uh, my friend's pop, his his soda pop, and it was 43% or 43 grams of sugar. That's insane. And that adds up. So what we're dealing with is a carb crisis. Our bodies are chemistry labs. They're not calorie counters, please, people. What we want to do is help direct where that sugar goes so our product you don't have to go do a crazy lifestyle change we'd like you to but if you're not going to and you're gonna you're gonna consume sugar and you like your pops and your frappuccinos and all that have a sugar chaperone that's gonna help um, strip down that sugar and help redirect it where your body needs it like your brain can only live off glucose Mm -hmm. um you know your your muscle tissues need it um, so basically, our first flagship product, and it'll all be on the website, um, was actually created for diabetics. 
Um, but so many people, regular people, are on their way to becoming pre-diabetic. Yep. So that's a problem. We're just getting too much sugar. I had a girlfriend, 31 years old, and she just got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Um, my girlfriend's daughter, 5 years old, got t- diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And she's still feeding her boxed food and canned food. You know, I'm not saying people are doing this deliberately. We just need to raise more awareness and, and put out that proper education because I didn't even get it. And I was the one eating, you know, what I wanted. And everyone's like, it's going to catch up to you one day. I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) It caught up to me on a cellular level where I had high cholesterol Mm -hmm. and probably could be on my way to uh, diabetes. So um, it's basically the world's first natural impacted carbohydrate manager. It's not a carb blocker because anything that you're trying to do, anything that you're trying to stop in your body that's supposed to happen naturally um, is not good. Because we, you know, we don't want to. Yeah, you're creating conflict with those. You want to create harmony instead. Yeah, exactly. So um, basically, it's going to help cut out a third of the available calories. It's going to help curve your cravings for refined sugar and carbs. The byproduct is weight loss. It's an amazing weight manager because once you're on it and you don't change your diet, at least you know it's helping on a cellular level with where the the content, the sugar content and and inflammation. Also, our second product, so that was actually invented by our Nobel Prize nominated scientist two times, uh, 2015 and 2016, Dr. Joe Ahrens. Um, he is, he was the director of the Florida Citrus Board. So if you know about the uh, grapefruit diet, he's the man behind that. So he's also the inventor of Emulin. But his second nomination was for um, his invention of a natural drug called Virolin, which uh, prevents SARS, Ebola, and the flu from spreading. And he sent that out to Africa in a refrigeration unit. So he's the inventor of Emulin amazing um we've got the scientific papers like you said so you've got some cred tons of cred (laughs) so our second product uh which we're you're trying right now is the um (laughs) the it's our first natural patented stem cell releaser so as you get older your body stops creating uh stem cells and we need that to heal and grow Mm -hmm. right so basically this has molecules that may create stem cell activity and it's delicious i get more of my water intake in it um, but that's going to help regenerate you inside out and i can speak now from from personal experience that it it looks intimidating (laughs) and it smells a little intimidating it kind of has a uh, sort of an oceanic smell i'd say but a very mild flavor it's very refreshing and like I was saying earlier, the uh, the taste of it, despite it being this really dark blue-green color, mm. it tastes almost like the aftertaste of like a dark chocolate. Mm, like it's it's very chocolate. nice. <laughs> so um, that one's called Climax. We're actually um, I'm flying the doctor from Italy, Doctor Stefano Scolio, who is to our 2017 uh, Nobel Prize nominee. Mm-hmm. He's coming to Calgary. Uh, that's really exciting to have him come straight from Italy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And another Nobel Prize nominee. Yeah, so we're doing Stem Cell Symposium. Yeah, so that'll be the Saturday. Well, thank you so much for uh, for joining us, and thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to share your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope everyone out there has enjoyed this episode as much as I have. If you did, make sure to head over to Google Play or the iTunes Store. Uh, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. 
And while you're there, we would absolutely love it if you'd give us a rating or a review. The more of those we have, the more guests we can find, allowing us to bring more stories to more of you. If you would like to be on the show, reach out to us at capturinglegacies.com and we'll set up a time to get you on. And until next time, remember, everybody has a story to tell and it's time to tell yours.